Economic news on SAFM. Facts and figures you can count on. We join on the line now by Mohamed Nala, head of strategic research at NetBank CIB. Good morning, Mohamed. Morning, Sakina. Morning to the listeners. So the current account deficit uh, weakening further there. What can you tell us more about that situation? Yeah, Sakina, it's part of the Saab's quarterly bulletin. Now, there's, there's quite a bit of information that comes out in their quarterly bulletin. I mean, it's easily over 50 pages long. Uh, the most focused on, obviously, being the current account balance uh, in South Africa. That now shifting to a deficit of 5% from 4.6% in the fourth quarter last year. M- most of the reason for that deterioration, I must say it was a bit surprising to us. I mentioned to you yesterday, we were slightly more optimistic on the outlook for the current account. Uh, and the reason we were optimistic is that on the trade balance side of things, the weaker rand has certainly helped us. We've seen exports ticking up. We've seen imports coming off slightly. Uh, and so that has led to a quite a narrow trade account. But the surprise came through in terms of the income account. What we're actually finding is that South African dividend payments out to the rest of the world uh, actually escalated quite sharply during the first quarter. Uh, and so that led to a much wider than expected current account deficit at 5%. Unfortunately, that's Uh, obviously quite negative for the RAND. We saw the RAND react reasonably sharply to that kind of news. Uh, And so unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to see a little bit more consolidation on this particular uh, print over the course of the next couple of quarters if we are to actually see a sustainable change. Uh, One of the other good news elements, I guess, that we picked out of the Saab's quarterly bulletin is if you have a look at household debt levels, uh, the growth in household debt was actually a little bit slower. And this saw the household debt as a percentage of income fall from 77% to 76.6%. And that indicating that households are at least trying to repair their balance sheets, even though the cost of actually servicing that debt has escalated over the course of the last quarter. Mm. And then uh, the Chinese stocks, they're still being excluded from the MSCI index uh, for a third time, citing need for further reform. Talk to us about that, Mohammed. So, I mean, China's been trying very hard to get into these global benchmark indices, and, and MSCI at their review are now announcing that Chinese uh, stocks were still excluded from the, the, the benchmark indices. This for a third time since uh, their, their, their policymakers have been trying to get it included. Now, the reason why they've actually excluded is that they're actually saying they want to see further reform come through. We've seen uh, a whole spate of Chinese intervention into the equity market over the course of the last uh, couple of months. Uh, and that, I think, is causing a little bit of a stir with regards to uh, MSCI. Uh, requirements in terms of inclusion for those indices. Interestingly enough, this morning, we're actually seeing Chinese stocks up uh, on the day, and this has certainly led to some speculation that perhaps the authorities are, again, trying to support the market in terms of trying to keep up appearances. And that's the kind of thing, I guess, that gets them excluded from these indices. Uh, longer term, what's required from China? We, we need a lot more free market forces. We need less government intervention. We probably need them to also remove hurdles, for example, They've got a limit in terms of monthly repatriation and capital flows from China. And we need to actually see those capital controls being eased up over the course of the last couple of uh, the next couple of months uh, if they are to actually look at being more fully integrated into the global financial markets. And then, Mohammed, uh, just watching South Africa's retail sales data that's due out today and, of course, the Fed uh, that coming after we close, what should we expect? Now, we're getting retail sales out at about 1 o'clock today. 
Uh, the expectation there for 2.5%, as you mentioned in your, in your intro, slightly slower than we had had in the prior month. Uh, I would actually be a little bit more cautious on this front. I mean, if we, if we just judge by the GDP numbers that we got out last week, you're already starting to see that the consumer, certainly on the expenditure side of the equation, is starting to indicate a lot more of the distress that you're seeing in the rest of the economy. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to actually see uh, on a month-on-month basis a contraction and certainly on a year-on-year basis uh, a significantly lower number. So keep an eye out for that. But then obviously the overarching impact here uh, for markets will be the U.S. Federal Reserve. Uh, they will be uh, making their announcement post-South African close today. Uh, and obviously we're on a holiday tomorrow, so we'll only be able to deal with the fallout of that on Friday morning. Uh, when I chat to you on Friday morning, I'll take you through whatever Janet Yellen had to say. Uh, hopefully it's good news. Hopefully they sound a little bit more dovish, and that buys emerging markets like South Africa a little bit more time. But it's literally on a nice edge as we speak. We'll all be hoping that with you. Thank you so much, Mohamed Nala, Head of Strategic Research at NetBank CIB.